Mendy here from the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show. And if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, welcome players to the Triple Play Fantasy Football Show, the fantasy football show where we throw up the X. D Mendy here, the people's host. Johnette Van Etten, he's there, your favorite Zay Jones lover. How's it going, buddy? <laughs> Always well. <laughs> Our guest, who I'm going to intro in a second, uh, just gave us a perplexed look because she doesn't know your love for Zay Jones. The, the greatest wide receiver in the game. <laughs> <laughs> we also have Eric Mendelson. He's somewhere. Eric, how you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I just found out today that Zay Jones has the NCAA record for receptions in a college career. So uh, there's your Zay Jones fact for the day. Watch out, Jerry Rice. He's coming for the NFL record next. Eric, I uh, I didn't know you were such a risk taker. How am I a risk taker? You were snapping on your phone at 1% the other day. That's very bold. Oh, yeah, and had to put it on the Instagram story, too. Everybody had to know what I was doing. Yeah, either you're dangerous or you're just social media obsessed, but I guess we'll never know. Could be both. <laughs> Joining us this week, the queen of the fake smile. She has written about a rat named Steve who has lived in a sewer and ate largemouth bass, known to be hungover on a Sunday with her not one, not two, not three, not four, but five TVs. She does work for the fantasy footballers and fantasy pros, the stepmom everyone knows and loves, stepmom Lauren. How's it going? Hi, guys. What an introduction. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. And although my picture on my profile on my website does as i say beg for the caption of i don't remember your name that is usually par for the course after i meet you once i'm terrible with names so don't be offended it happens to everybody you're not special but i am smiling a lot that's what i usually do is is smile a lot so i promise I'm not always fake but you'll never know when i am isn't that mysterious <laughs> i'm so mysterious and by the way how many receptions did zay jones have in college eric now that you just threw that stat out there uh, I want to say it was, I think, 386. Oh, that's great. So he had 386, and I want to assume four years, right? Yeah. That's fantastic because after, I don't know, since 2017, the poor man's only had 110 receptions since he's been in the NFL. Yay, Zay Jones. This is and a- with an under 50% cash percentage. So college and the NFL are very different. This is a pro Zay Jones podcast. We have to talk positivity for Zay Jones. He has almost a 50% cash percentage. That is better than 40. Okay, okay. It's like better than today. Josh Allen's completion percentage. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> if you didn't have to scramble so often, then maybe, eh. Well, so Lauren, while we have you here, so we obviously you wrote a great piece on the Eagles' backfield, especially in regards to Miles Sanders. Uh, so you are not on the Miles Sanders train this year. Can you just tell us why you don't feel that for everybody that hasn't got a chance to read it, why you feel that he's kind of not worth his price this year? Sure. So I'm not now I'm not necessarily not on the Miles Sanders 
wagon. So I want it's it's so difficult when you're talking about um, an offense like the Eagles because they're all it's a running back by committee. So I'm not saying that Sanders is going to get completely lost in the offense. He didn't last year. I don't think he's going to this year, but they are not going to use him as a featured back. So I think his draft price has the opportunity for him to have a bust candidate potential, although I don't see that happening. But everyone who wants him to be the only featured back is the sole featured back is going to be incredibly disappointed. He's not going to get, well, I don't say not because who knows, it's, you know, the world and reality and who knows what's going to happen. If I had a crystal ball, I say this a lot. I'd have a mansion in Belize if I knew it was going to happen in the future. I don't. But Doug Peterson has never led an offense with a running back that has 200 touches or over a thousand yards rushing. And when they did try to feature Miles Sanders as that featured back when Jordan Howard got hurt, they lost three games in Great for fantasy, terrible for the Eagles. They brought in Boston Scott, then won four games in a row. It works for that offense. Now, I don't think that he's going to be fantasy irrelevant. I just want people to understand that he will still continue to be part of a running back by committee. So just keep that into consideration when you're drafting him and understand that you may need to have another RB1 that's there with him just in case it has those games where he may disappear. Games, not season. When I saw um, the dreaded RBBC, you just like sent shiver down my spine. Oh, right? That that word just his his ADP is where everybody thinks he's going to have his his season is going to finish. Not what he did last year. The season they expect is where he's ranked, which is I'm with you. Yeah, and again, it's not that I think he's going to do poorly, nor do I wish him to do poorly. I just want people to have that expectation going into it because there is nothing wrong with taking Miles Sanders at the end of the first, beginning of the second. It's a little pricey for me. I personally may want to look at different options, but it depends on how you have your draft strategy. Always stay fluid, stay water, as we say. Yes, I, I agree. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see. One of the things I'm most looking forward to is seeing how much people are going to reach for Miles Sanders. So I, th- I feel like his name more than any other name in the running back community this offseason, his name has been talked up more than any other name. Exactly, so I, I, which is why I wanted to see. I was like, what am I missing? Like, I, I feel like I'm missing something because I'm like, why is everyone so excited about this? So that when I decided to dive into it and really look at the numbers, I'm like, nope, not missing anything. I'm not. No, I, I, no, I, I, I am, and he ends up blowing up and being an RB one. <laughs> the season. Then you just like bury the article. You're like, oh, okay, no, nothing. Then yeah, I'll own it and be like, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, this isn't the Miles Sanders show. We'll, we'll, we love talking a little bit of Miles Sanders, but we are doing the NFC North preview today. We're going to go through every team in the NFC North, and our experts here are going to provide the top rookie, fantasy hero, fantasy zero, and sleeper for each of the teams. After our team previews, we have our question of the week, the top Super Bowl commercial in Super Bowl history. And then finally, our game week we reveal at the end of the show. But first, let's get on with our news and notes. Well, that was a great interview with Brandon Bostic. Certainly has a, a bright future ahead of him uh, coaching in Arizona, and we wish him all the best. Uh, thank you for joining Triple Play Fantasy. Uh, we'll be back next week. News and notes. Raheem Mostert played a pivotal role in the San Francisco 49ers run to the Super Bowl last season. But the running back is now open to playing elsewhere. After months of negotiations in regards to a new deal, Mostert has requested a trade, according to NFL Network insider Ian Rapport, who reported Wednesday afternoon. Brett Tesler, Mostert's agent, disclosed his client's request in a tweet. So 
basically summarizing up the tweet, I want to read the whole tweet, but Mostert wants what Tevin Coleman is making, which is pretty much just under $5 million per season. So, Lauren, I'm going to start with you. Should the Niners trade him? And if they do, where would be a good landing spot for him? The only thing that needs to happen here is Mostert either needs to fire his agent or give him a raise because this has been all very odd. So Mostert wants a trade. Okay. I don't buy that. I don't. So I think this is a concoction from his agent to do a little scare tactic with his team to get paid a little more money. I doubt Ruby Mostert plays anywhere else except for the 49ers. Moving forward into 2020. Now, I feel like I'm speaking things into existence and now watch Miles Sanders again be like the RB1 <laughs> of the season and Raheem Mostert is a Patriot. That would be devastating to, I think, my fantasy, you know, reputation. But I'm saying it. There it is. <laughs> no, I, I love the bold takes. That's all we're all about. Yeah, like, Raheem, Most, own it. Raheem Mostert did retweet his uh, agent's statement uh, or retweet his uh, agent's tweet. So, yeah, I guess he is on board with it. But I mean, I guess so, but are we Donald Trump now or are we actual professional players that are going to come out and like put it into a, a sports media outlet, you know, and talk about it? I don't know. I guess I've seen players do things much differently when they're actually serious about wanting to play somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe in the world of COVID, this is all we have. I have no idea. But that just all seems very odd and, and persnickety to me. I, I don't, I don't really, it smells wrong. I don't like it. Even though I can't smell an article, I feel like I can. And I don't know, this is a little little odd for me. But again, I could totally be wrong. It just seems so incongruous to a professional way of going about it. Ask John, Antonio what you... Brown about that. <laughs> John, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, people forget he's 28. So this is really his last shot at getting a big deal. And he's not getting paid too much already. You know, he's, His salary before is only like $2 million or so, which by NFL standards isn't very high. And if he's going to be the lead back, and take the beating of a lead back right when he's getting ready to turn 30, I'd want to get paid too, because this is really his last shot at a contract at his age. John, yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point there. With the Brita gone, Tevin Coleman being, I, I believe, more aged than Raheem Mostert is. At the, oh, I feel so old. <laughs> um, but it would be so shocking if they didn't pay him what he's asking for, which is not $503 million. Thank you, Patrick Mahomes, for making everybody with just a little bit of money feel very, very dumb. But can you blame the kid? Come on, whatever. I just need like two of that. Just pass over. Stepmom Lauren, some two, two million, and I'm happy. Anyway, I, I would be really Patrick surprised. Mahomes. Yeah, I would be really surprised if they don't if they don't pay him more. I think I think they understand that, especially uh, the Debo Samuel injury is going to be something they're going to have to consider when it comes to pass catchers in that offense. We know Ricky Mostert is a fantastic pass catching running back, so I don't know. I think there's a much ado about nothing here, but yeah, he's. I can't believe we're talking about him as old. <laughs> it's just, it just gets my goat every time. I was gonna say I'm 28, and that makes me like start like. I didn't think I was old. Now you, I've, you're no, I'm almost back a decade older than you. I'm like, I don't have arthritis as I pop ibuprofen. Of course I do. <laughs> Eric, as the uh, 49ers fan on the panel here, what are your thoughts about this? So uh, you guys made some good points. He's 28. He's been cut about five or six times before. I mean, the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan's outside zone scheme gave him the success uh, that he had. And I think he needs to realize that, that, um, you know, a bunch of running backs look good in his system. I understand they signed him to a contract as a special teamer. I think there's part of a 
on the player side that when you sign a contract, you honor it. And I know that teams get out of their contracts all the time. I think if they're going to restructure it and if he intends to be the lead back, make it incentive-based. Make it if he hits 1,000 yards, if he hits a certain amount of touchdowns. So that way you're actually going to pay him for his production over a longer period of time rather than half the season. I would say the only thing that I'm wary about the team doing that is it sends a bad message because he just signed his contract last offseason. And if one year into it you're revising it, who's going to say other players in the locker room don't feel the same thing if they've outperformed their contracts a year into signing it? So trade him is what you're saying. You don't want to be with the program, get out of here. You know, saying. yeah, if you can get a fifth-round pick, trade Raheem Mostert because Kyle Shanahan will take another sixth-round pick or later and make him into something. Eric Isn't that true, though? What a Cinderella story. Oh, I'm so sorry, Johnny, interrupted you. What a Cinderella story from Mostert, too, though. You know, like, just like you said, if you can take someone who's just basically started as special teams and turn him into, as we call the fantasy footballers, Raheem must start when he was exploding. I mean, that's just such a cool story, but it also is one of caution because if he can do that with him, he can do that with a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, running backs, of course, not me. I mean, <laughs> who knows? We could we could maybe average four or five oh, yards in Cal Shane. I don't know, man. I work out, okay? So maybe. I was gonna ask. Claims a four nine forty. <laughs> I was gonna ask, do you think that uh I could average two yards per carry in that scheme? You might get two yards, David, and then you'd break your body getting tackled one time by a <laughs> linebacker. I'd break my body running out to the line of scrimmage. Like <laughs> like like I said, I'm old, but decently out of shape, not horribly out of shape, decently out of shape. I was an athlete for a very long time. I still would hurt myself going out there. You don't have to answer that. I'm answering <laughs> it for you. <laughs> well, it, it is interesting to watch how this unfolds, I think. And I, I do think maybe they were just like, you know, it's a slow week in football. And uh, let's just give something for us to talk about. That, that's, <gasps> like let's, ladies. Let's, let's, let's get Raheem Mosher trending on Twitter. <laughs> we did it. Our other bit of news we do have, the Washington football team have officially come out with a statement that they're changing their name. So, Eric, I'm going to go reverse order this time. What do you think their name's going to be? Uh, I think Red Wolves. I think they're going to keep the burgundy and gold, and I think they're going to have to have red in it to to keep it. I don't know. Who knows with Dan Snyder as the owner? Don't agree. Next. John, what do you think? I think it's going to be the Red Wolves, like Eric said. The Red Tails would be a better choice, but I think they'll go Red Wolves. And also, it was a weird, on the press release, saying they're changing the name, they still had the name and logo on it, just as like a one more for the road kind of thing. Like, <laughs> yes, oh, we're changing that. it. <laughs> it's like a middle I, finger if, to everyone reading it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Lauren, what about you? What do you think? One of the names that really popped out to me when I first read it were the Washington Warriors. I think you can still keep the color. You might be able to tweak that logo a little bit. But you're you're calling, I mean, Native Americans, warriors, that strength, that spirit. I mean, that that to me would would work. All of them would really work. I think what we what we care about and is just not to be so divisive and to just have these derogatory names that come of it. But I would really like from those people who are upset with the name what do they want it to be that's what i want to know <laughs> because what i what i think doesn't necessarily matter and so far what i've heard it's the sponsors are the ones that are all in the kerfuffle about it because they've gotten you know words from people that they're trying to represent so that's really what i'm curious about but i mean 
I like the idea of the red wolves. That's kind of cool just because of nature. And I like, I like wild beast killing things, even though I don't like to watch it on animal planet, I will immediately turn it off. But the idea that it's there is like, yes, nature primitive. <laughs> I love it. Let's get it. Red tails. I don't know. Cause I'm going to laugh every single time I hear it, but I don't know. I just hope they come up with something that everyone can agree on and get behind that. It's a, it, it's a name for a team that represents violent sport of football. Well, so as long I'm, as they're not named like the Washington Daisies, I'm fine. <laughs> what about, I'll throw you guys a curveball. Lauren, before we started recording, you said you might call me Ignatius and I got fired up. So what if we call them the Washington Ignatiuses? Ooh, oh, that, would, that doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue. Like the, but, the Ignatiuses, you know, like that just seems like, it's like my friend who can't say the word thesaurus. I, I, I would imagine people would struggle with that one. Doesn't now, quite have that. I think we can definitely agree they're probably going to go in such a different direction to make sure that there's no controversy surrounding their new name so that way they don't ever have to deal with this problem again. As long as their logo is not as bad as the Rams because they the Rams have to have the worst new logo for eternity so that I can feel vindicated as a St. <laughs> Louisan and make fun of them for all time. Oh, that's right. You guys definitely have to be spiteful towards them. They just moved away from you guys. Add that to the fact that I'm a woman and you now have a recipe for disaster. <laughs> it's bad. And they all of St. Louis is like that. We're we're a very sports oriented team. We love our Cardinals. We love our Blues. We attempted to love our Rams. Didn't really have the same love as our hockey and our baseball. But you know, when you go back to your second wife, just because she got fake boobs and blonde hair and got rich, come on, man, what you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I just made that last bit up because I'm bitter and a brunette. So there you go. I was going to say, I've never heard that comparison before, but that is just hilarious. This is absolutely no offense to those who are blonde with fake boobs. Not, <laughs> not any whatsoever, but I just like to be very bitter. And those are the easiest low-hanging fruit right there that I can just pluck and throw at people. And then they'll throw it right back in my face and I'll be like, it's okay. I said it first. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lauren, you tied in perfectly to the plug because right now, if you're loving what you're hearing so far, make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. And if you want to hear more of these awesome rants like Lauren's giving right now about how the uh, St. Louis is moving to LA and it's blondes with fake boobs. It's so bad. <laughs> I should never have said that. <laughs> no, that's, that's hilarious. Well, we have great news for you. We also have a baseball show that you can check out. They're also available anywhere you get your podcasts. And while you're there, how about you be the popular kid in school? You leave us a five-star rating and review. Follow us on our social media at Trip Play Fantasy. Help us grow this beautiful plant to work and provide you with funny and informative content. Eric runs our social media and provides great daily questions, gifts, and weekly episode drops. Lastly, tell a friend about us who might tell their parents, who might tell their bosses. Then you hide your kids, you hide your wife, and then before you know it, there's Triple Play on the top podium of podcasts. But it all starts with you, the loyal player. For your listens each and every week so thank you very much with that being said let's go to our nsc north preview our last division previews and oh boy has it been good this one is a great one to say for last this is a bruising division with three good quarterbacks notice i didn't say four <laughs> and and lauren i'm gonna fill you in we go through as we said, all our assigned teams, but I want heads to roll. I want debate. I want disagreement. But most importantly, I want you to tell Eric he's wrong. Oh, excellent. So my divisiveness has been okay so far. Yes, perfect. Fantastic. You know, David, <laughs> I was going to give you a compliment, but uh, I think you're telling people to be the popular kid in school because you weren't. Boom, roasted. 
I was average in school, okay, but <laughs> oh, I didn't even know the people. My my official group name for me and my girlfriends was the nerd herd. <laughs> love love Straight that. up, I was a super nerd, but it's okay. The nerd herd, you gotta like trademark that. That is that is like too catchy. I mean, uh, yeah, it was. I can't remember who came up with that, but I was begrudgingly like, "That's good. That is good." <laughs> oh, I can't be mad now, but I was anyway. <laughs> Well, we're going to start our division previews for the NFC North with the Chicago Bears, who in 2018 had an outstanding season. They went 12-4 and and had a top-tier defense. The Bears fell short with a loss in the NFC wildcard game, and they never could get back to good football. They had an 8-8 record last year and was considered a big disappointment. This year, we don't really know what to expect. They have two quarterbacks, which we don't know who's going to start between Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky, and they could be very well stuck in the middle again. They're going to be in a very tight NFC North, and they have to improve a lot of parts of their game, most importantly, the run game, if they want to compete this season. So, John, give us our Bears beat. So, pretty much, uh, they didn't really draft any good rookies when I was looking because Cole Komet, he's their first pick, interesting first pick, uh, considering at the time they had Trey Burton and Jimmy Graham, who they since got rid of Trey Burton. Um, But... It's sort of crowded. You never really want to pick the best rookie as somebody who's sitting behind Jimmy Graham, even though he may sort of take over a little bit more of a role towards the end of the season. Um, Obviously, the COVID situation complicates stuff for all rookies coming in. Um, But again, it also complicates it for Jimmy Graham because it'd be his first year, too. Uh, But he had a pretty disappointing season last year with Aaron Rodgers, uh, which sort of takes me to my fantasy zero. It's going to be Jimmy Graham because he had a disappointing season with Aaron Rodgers and Mitch Trubisky and Foles put together probably aren't half the quarterback that he is. So I'd be very wary about getting him, especially when tight ends are so sort of uh, dependent on, you know, big games every so often. I don't think he had a big game last year. And then just to throw in a fun fantasy zero mitch trubisky just don't do it just don't do it <laughs> so john john would you Wait, say that uh john so jimmy one more time eric jimmy graham played with russell wilson drew Brees, and aaron Rodgers. you're telling me going to mitch trubisky slash Foles is a downgrade <laughs> well, it, if it's playoff nick Foles, maybe but with that, even with the bad, bad quarterback play, um, Allen Robinson is definitely going to be their top target. Um, I mean, he's it's obvious. You know, it's almost too easy to say he's going to be the fantasy hero, but it is. I mean, even if Mitch Trubisky starts every single game, that's better than when they had to start Chase Daniel a few times. So that's already better quarterback play than last season. And then if Nick Foles starts – uh, you know, and that towards the end of the season, then that's a little bit better. So it's almost a step up in quarterback play, but he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the catches and he's going to be extremely valuable. So John, before, before you move to your next one, do you think Jimmy Graham, Jimmy has zero grams of value? Yes. I just had to say that joke. Okay. You're, keep going. You're, be- you're better off taking a flyer on, on like any other tight end. <laughs> Did you get my joke? I, I got it, but it, oh, okay. I just rolled past it. Weed <laughs> reference! Past it. Did you get it? <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go to your next one. Uh, the sleeper, it's always fun to pick a backup quarterback as your sleeper. I definitely think he's going to be starting uh, at the end of the season. 
The Bears have a late buy, so I think he'd actually even be starting earlier than that. Um, Eric, you mentioned it before the pod. Like they have a really good defense, and if they start one and three or something like that, they may just make the change because there's a reason they're paying Nick Foles all that money, and it's to eventually start over Trubisky. If it wasn't for COVID, he might start week one, but you know, with somebody who only plays with the team for three weeks before the season starts, you can't really throw him in. So it's probably looking more like a mid-season, uh, mid-season uh, start for Nick Foles and. I might be risky in picking with my last pick in the draft. Who knows? Ooh, you risk taker, you. I did it with Mike Vick on the Eagles. I'll do it with uh, Nick Foles on the Bears. I like it. Uh, Lauren or Eric, are there any pushback from John's picks? No. The only one I would um, say has sleeper candidacy is Anthony Miller, who you can also get very, very late in drafts as well. Um, emerging wide receiver, too, that I am I'm very interested in uh, under – Either quarterback is fine with me. No, good good ad job adding Anthony Miller in there. I, I think he's he's there's been a few things about him this season. I've seen a lot of kind of articles writing about him. And I think I mean he's he's a target. He's he's in the middle of the field. He's gonna command easy, you know, he's that uh you know that that slot receiver that you could say is like that safety blanket that could get especially in a PPR league, could just tack on the reception. So I think that's except really in week sixteen last year. Thank you for losing me my championship, Anthony Miller, and I'm out. Well, I was going to say, he he ended the year well last year. I know he was a popular breakout candidate to begin the season. <laughs> I, but I'd have to look at, exactly at what weeks, but... I think he only got like 1.5 points in PPR. It was garbage. But, again, I just started the wrong players. Anthony Miller was one of them. But I do not hold that against him. Fantasy football is what it is. But he did emerge, and he had some solid games. And you can see his confidence grow each and every game and as much as we like to talk about stats and numbers and blah 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 these are people that are playing so when they can pass what we call the eyeball test it's one of those things that should be taken into consideration in my opinion just as much as stats and numbers and metrics and combine garbage so i i like what i saw from him and i think he's going to take a step forward in 2020 i like it with that let's move to our next team the Detroit Lions, despite getting a lot of talent last offseason, the Lions won three games. This offseason, they've done much the same. They went out and made a couple moves. The Lions did trade for Darius Slay, and they signed Desmond Trufant, Jamie Collins on the defensive side of the ball. They also drafted arguably the top corner in the draft, Jack Ogda. I think that's how you say his name. They also drafted. Uh, yeah, thank you, Jeff Okuda. I don't know I why. <laughs> they also drafted dynamic running back DeAndre Swift to make a dual backfield with Carrion Johnson. Mix that in with the talent they got last year, and you got a pretty good team potentially. They just have to learn to play more together this year, and if they do that, they could be a sneaky good team in 2020. So, Lauren, you, as you've told us you're, uh, before, your husband is a big Lions fan. You're kind of by association, you said. So yeah. who are we looking for with the Lions this year? Okay, so there's two names I want to bring up as the fantasy heroes for the Lions. Um, do not forget about Matthew Stafford. So I understand that he like broke his back and had to miss the season. Okay, it happens. It wasn't even the whole season. It was like half the season. I don't remember. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But the man takes a beating every single game. And he's he like, does. look, my arms are out of socket. And my knee, patella, is still at the 50-yard line. I can go back in. Like The man does not ever want to stop. 
I love Matthew Stafford. You can get him so late. So you can really cultivate your team during your draft with some really good picks early and not waste any of that quarterback capital early. I love him. He's a fantasy hero for me, for sure. Another one is Kenny Galladay uh, with Matthew Stafford again. That's a, just a target magnet. I love him in PPR. The volume is going to be absolutely awesome. For a sleeper, I'm going to go to the other wide receiver here. Also, don't forget about Marvin Jones. Another late-round value you can get when in the right matchup on a downfield stretch, he can he can crush it. I love that as well. I'm going to be kind of spicy on my fantasy zero. Oh, I love spicy. DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift. I, I'm putting no stock in him whatsoever. Um, the only part of that running back game that I'm going to take is going to be on Johnson because I can get him late. And I may get five or six weeks out of him and then play him on a matchup base only. Um, I don't love the run game under Matt Patricia with these lions. I just don't, for some reason it's like they have brittle bone disease as soon as they become a Detroit lions running back. It's like they go there to fantasy die and it sucks. So I'm <laughs> staying away from the backfield. I don't like it. Um, I will draft carry on Johnson simply because I prefer someone who's been in the NFL in redraft more so than a rookie coming in, especially to Detroit. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry, Swift. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for all you Lions fans out there. I promise I do like the Lions. I <laughs> I love my husband who also loves the Lions. But uh, it, it's just reality there, which is unfortunate. It's funny because you know you're a real Lions fan when you know the saying that they go running backs go there to die because that's, yeah. you know. <laughs> that's mean, how you know. I mean – Usually fantasy players in general go there to die. But Matt Stafford, like true to form, has been like, nope, you may have broken my spine. I'm back. Hey, it's like, wow, you are determined to stay here. I love it. So he and Kenny Galladay are one of those I, I can't lump into the same category. But for the running backs, for sure, I'm staying away from it. For Marvin Jones, is there any more wide receiver that's a little more inconsistent, maybe besides Will Fuller and Sammy Watkins? So week six, Marvin Jones, two for 17. The following week, 10 for 93 and four touchdowns. Right. So you're like, wow, I'm going to start him. The following week, four for 22. And you're like, okay, it was a week. It was a fluke week. Eight yep. for 126 and a touchdown. Like, and then good luck so trying to get week is going to be the good one. <laughs> Owning Marvin Jones is is stressful. It is very, very stressful. I won't sugarcoat it. So uh be prepared to do a lot of defensive research <laughs> before you plan on starting Marvin Jones. But you can get him so late, it's kind of hard to pass up. But unpredictability with a wide receiver that you can start. I don't know. Stefan Diggs rings a bell to me. Mm -hmm. Amari Cooper, I think you might have said. Those are guys I just, I don't know. I'm, I just, I waffle back and forth. And I'm like, don't know, don't know, don't know, don't know. But that's what, when you do start him, it's what makes it so much sweeter when you guess it right and then when you don't and they're on your bench you're like i hate fantasy football why do i play this game with amari cooper i noticed his like home road splits are ridiculously different like you oh yeah his his wait, home wait, splits David, are who? so much better oh yeah amari cooper amari pooper sorry yeah pooping his big boy pants is another phrase we have on the fantasy footballers not me it's their idea which i just conveniently copy because it sounds fantastic to say because cooper <laughs> cooper get it <laughs> So, Lauren, I'm going to put you on the hot spot for a second. Let's is go. is Math Matthew Stafford top 10 quarterback? Yes or no? I think he knocks on the door of top 12. Um, I think he's going to have top 
I think he's going to have QB1 weeks. So um, I think he is going to be a consistent starter that you can rely on. And if you want to take someone that you can stream, depending on the matchup, where you're kind of like, oh, I don't really know how Matthew Stafford's going to do here, then feel free to substitute him in with a streamer. Um, I think he has that potential in fantasy to knock on that QB1 door and be dang close. Wow. Okay, so top 12. Top, like potentially top 12. Correct. Top 12. Potentially top 12. I don't, am I going to guarantee he's going to get there? No. Like Drew Brees is going super late too, and I can guarantee he will be a top 10 quarterback. I cannot say the same for Matt Stafford. That is not belying his talent. It is not belying the weapons around him. It's just the Lions. And that's just sometimes they just shoot themselves in the foot. And I, I don't understand why. But he, he, he manages to take it to the next level and, and try his very best. So, and they usually play from behind. So you can gar- you can get uh, garbage points there too, which I like. And one of the things I really like too is one, DeAndre Swift can catch the ball out of the backfield. They also have Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, and Danny Amendola in the slot. They have so many good pass catching options that I feel like that has to elevate his value if he can just be healthy. That's, I think, the key word. Yes. If he's healthy, I think there's so many weapons around him that he definitely has that potential. You're right. And you can so. get him late. That's what I love. I'm like, 12th round, Stafford's still here. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> any Anybody else have any thoughts on the Lions before we move to our next squad? Okay, good. Minnesota Vikings it is then. The Minnesota Vikings are coming off a 10-6 and season and a win against the New Orleans Saints in the NFC wildcard game before getting rolled by the San Francisco 49ers. The Vikings had a pretty good offseason in both free agency and the draft. Uh, they did lose Stefan Diggs, but they got a lot of cap space, so they signed Anthony Harris. They also signed Michael Pierce and Tajay Sharp. Draft night, they were successful as they were able to bring in Justin Jefferson to help replace Stefan Diggs. And watch out for that guy, Irv Smith, this year, because he may just surprise some people. So, Eric, what are some Vikings values? So, for Fantasy Zero, I'm going to say Dalvin Cook. And right now he's holding out, and I think with this special offseason with the coronavirus, that just puts a little more scare in me. And I think of recent running backs that have held out into the season. Um, Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell, they don't look good right away. I don't think that there's a way that you can get back up to football shape. He's also missed 19 games in three seasons. Last year he had 15 carries inside the five, which was third most in the league. And he had 13 touchdowns in 14 games. I think that's a little bit difficult to bank on again. And this offseason, Kirk Cousins signed a two-year, $66 million extension. He had one year left on his deal. I think that's kind of a sign that it's going to be Cousins' team. And he's also fighting with Alexander Madison and Mike Boone in that backfield. So I think for a first-round pick, I don't feel confident with Dalvin Cook at all. My fantasy hero is Adam Thielen. He missed six games last year, but other than that, he's played in every game for the previous five years. Was a top 10 wide receiver in 2017 and 2018, and was ninth prior to his week seven injury. In 2018, I'm going to just read these stats because they're ridiculous. Adam Thielen in weeks one to seven had 100 plus yards in every game. He had 96 targets for er, for 74 receptions. 925 touchdowns and seven or 925 <laughs> yards and seven touchdowns. That was ridiculous to begin this season. And when Stefan Diggs hasn't been there, Adam Thielen has been targeted on 25.1% of his routes. So I think he is Kirk Cousins' go-to guy. My fantasy sleeper, you already mentioned him, and I'd like to say I'm treasurer of Irv Smith Jr. fan club. 
Last year didn't start until week six. Um, Kyle Rudolph played 749 snaps and got 49 targets. Irv Smith played 587 snaps and got 48 targets. So Kyle Smith is definitely or Kyle Rudolph is definitely more of the blocking back. Irv Smith is more the receiving back. And with tight ends and Gary Kubiak's offense, they account for 23% of targets. So I think Irv Smith is a good late round pick. And then for the rookie, they don't really have anyone else but Justin Jefferson. He's Diggs' replacement. His measurables are almost the same. Only Adam Thielen is ahead on the depth chart. And you look at their schedule, they have Packers twice, Falcons, Cowboys, Buccaneers, Saints. Those are potential shootout games, so could see a lot of high-scoring affairs. First, before I get to the rest of the analysts giving their takes here, I want to apologize for Mike Boone being brought up. I'm sure that's still a fresh wound for a lot of you listening, so we won't mention his name again. Now I'll let Lauren go ahead and start with her feedback on the Vikings. I I love it. I, I basically love everything you just said. There, I really I would love to have some something super hot takey. Um, I I really like Justin Jefferson's addition to this offense. I think it only helps not only Justin Jefferson but mostly Adam Thielen. So for sure. Um, speaking of which, I was just looking at um, Adam Thielen's leaderboards from ProFootballReference.com. Um, and it, for receptions alone in 2017 and in 2018, he was in the top ten uh, just for numbers of receptions. He just didn't have the kind of gameplay because he was injured last year. So um, as far as I'm concerned, everybody remember that he missed a lot of time and then think he sucks. So he falls down the draft board so I can get yeah. him beat. Like, that's what I want. I, I, I love it. And um, Alexander Madison is one of those guys that I will treat as a semi backup. I think he has standalone value, especially with Dalvin Cook's potential to keep holding out and his, uh, I hate using the term injury prone, but sustainability Let's put it that way. Um, I do like um, Alexander Madison. Plus, you can use that as some serious trade bait um, later on in the season because he's going to be he's going to be a, a big cog in that offense, depending on what happens with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, again, you guys both said everything. I, I think they have a lot of weapons there. Thielen is criminally undervalued right now. And... Which is good. Keep it that way. He sucks. Yeah. Hope you're drafting with people that don't really just look at the rankings and they're like, oh yeah, he's old, he sucks, and just. Oh, didn't that guy retire? Yeah. Well, I, I, I feel like there's, I feel like there's a part. Man came back in. I feel like there's a part of people that don't believe white receivers can be good. Possibly. John, what do you think? I was just saying, Eric. I feel like you have a weird soft spot in your heart for mediocre tight ends that are due to break out any day now. Between Irv Smith and OJ Howard, <laughs> you just seem to to love. Yeah, to I skipped over that tight end. I wasn't going to address that because I'm trying to be a good person. But the wide receiver, running back stuff, I totally agree with. I am full <laughs> on that Irv Smith train. Well, let me know when you get off at Timbuktu, and we'll get you a plane flight back home. <laughs> The one thing, Eric, are you a little scared that Kyle Rudolph is such an end zone presence that that's going to impact Irv Smith's chance to score touchdowns? Because Kyle Rudolph is literally one of Kirk Cousins' go-to targets in the in the uh, red zone. So there's yeah. not a lot of mouths to feed there. For me, honestly, I look at red zone target kind of as a year-to-year thing because I, I just think it's kind of who's open. There's not a lot of time to develop plays. I think a lot of times you're going to go with your first read. And, I mean, he's the tallest one on the team. But, like I said, the fact that he played 162 more snaps than Irv Smith and only got one more target, um, I, I just like 
his chances in a pass-heavy offense, or what I assume to be more of a pass-heavy offense um, in year two. Fair enough. Let's move on to our last team, the Green Bay Packers, the good old Cheeseheads. Coming off a 13-3 and season, making it to the NFC Championship game, and then literally got stepped upon, and they twisted their foot when they were on top of them, just, just really mushed them. And uh, I'm glad I wasn't a Packers fan that day. And there's a lot of mixed emotions about what the Packers did this offseason. There's not a lot of love being shown uh, towards their draft picks here. Jordan Love being their first-round pick and the potential Aaron Rodgers replacement. They drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round when they already had two capable backs. No wide receivers being drafted. So very interesting team to look at here. And I'm going to start with the rookie of the year. Uh, Of course, A.J. Dillon. I'm going to give you a number. Five. That's his body fat percentage. I'm going to give you another number. 247. That's his weight. I'm going to give you a number number. 4.5. That's his 40 time. Nobody wants to tackle this guy. That's what his head coach at Boston College said. Aaron Jones is not signed beyond this season, and I think it would be incredibly stupid to draft a running back in the second round unless you plan on them being involved in some shape or capacity this season. Aaron Jones has shown he's not been able to stay healthy for a full 16 games, and the Packers, meanwhile, have committed to being one of the most run-heavy teams in the league. I still think that A.J. Dillon will be their goal line back this year, and you know that they love to run the ball close when they get to the red zone. And he's one Aaron Jones injury away from fantasy stardom in my mind. So every Aaron Jones owner, you need to make sure you go and you get A.J. Dillon. Take him two rounds early if you have to. But you have to get this guy because he could be a flex-worthy starter if he's getting uh, a lot of goal line touches. If he And again, the Packers, that's what they do in the, in the red zone. They, they run the ball. So I, I think he's potential borderline flex as the season goes along. And if Aaron Jones goes down, easy, easy top 20 running back for me. Are you not worried about uh, Jamal Williams at all? Jamal Williams. I'm, I'm not worried at all about Jamal Williams. One, because he, they like him more in passing downs and and blocking. He's better blocker than Aaron Jones. I don't think they want to give him carries. I think AJ Dillon should come and take the backup carries away. I see literally Jamal Williams being a third down running back, blocking and catching the ball. Not much more than that. Just me personally, I haven't been impressed with his running ability. He has a career under four yards per carry uh, to his name. So I think that they, they're going to leave the running to these two guys. And then if A.J. Dillon really excels, I think Jamal Williams will just get phased out. Yeah, my just, only thing is he's in a contract year, and I feel like the Packers aren't going to bring him back. So why not run him into the ground or use him more if you're not going to get— I mean, who knows? They might bring him back. I just would assume that they wouldn't because they drafted Dillon. But. No, I mean, again, they drafted A.J. Dillon in the second round, and I don't— see not having a second round pick in your rotation and, and contributing as long as he's not fumbling the ball. Um, I already, I'm sold that he's going to be their goal line back because Aaron Jones, they haven't been committing to him in that role. He did get a lot of touchdowns last year, but I think that they drafted AJ Dillon to be that guy. And again, Jamal Williams, I'm not impressed as a runner. If he gets volume, he performs, but if he doesn't get volume, he's awful. Um, my fantasy hero, Devontae Adams, the big man on campus wearing that sports jacket, he gobbled up 127 targets like apple pie in 12 games last year. The 169 target 16-game pace would have landed him second in the league behind only Michael Thomas. He commanded 23.7% of the team's total targets with exactly zero wide receiver help coming into this year from the draft. So that number, I think, could be very similar. 
He's a total stud in any format with the only downside that he tends to miss games. He's only played 60 games just twice in his six seasons, but he's a firm, he's the firm wide receiver number two for me going into this year and most drafts behind Michael Thomas. Cause I think his volume and the amount of catches he's got is going to be, I mean, he's, he's Aaron Rodgers go to guy. And I think that he's due to, uh, to, I think what people were forgetting about him with his injury towards the end of last year. So I, I think he is going to elevate back into that top three, top four discussion. He could be Jordan Love's go-to guy, David. I don't know. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Get him Get him in there early, huh? <laughs> uh, my Fantasy Zero, we talked about, uh, I talked about him in a little bit in the beginning. Aaron Rodgers may be dating Danica Patrick, but there's only one type of racing he's continuing doing, and that's down quarterback ADP. Rodgers has basically been fantasy mediocrity. Now, entering his age 36 season, Rodgers coming off a season in which he finished just 11th in passing yards, just over 4,000. He was tied for 8th with 26 passing touchdowns, and he was QB 8. The Packers leaned a lot more in the running game, as I said, in 2019, and they're expected to lean on it even more this year in 2020. Rather than giving rather than giving Aaron Rodgers help in the draft, they didn't take one wide receiver for him, and they took another running back. Rodgers remains, to me, a low-end QB 1. Thanks to his efficiency and able to protect the ball. And he'll give you a little bit on the ground with his legs. And so he's right now a QB 10 uh, and his ADP is 89. But although he offers more floor than ceiling, I think that when you draft Aaron Rodgers, you're going to be expecting something more. And then he's not going to give you what you want. And it's burned me twice. And I've learned my lesson. So I will not be going in the Aaron Rodgers camp this year. I'm proud of you. It takes a strong man to admit that. I have been off Aaron Rodgers for three years. I'm very, very proud of you. I think you, know you see the name, and then you're just like, I got Aaron Rodgers? Oh, you my know God. It's the, you know it's, it's the craziest thing? It's going to be the same disease with Rob Gronkowski this year. I'm sorry. You're like, Gronk, Gronk smash. It's like, he weighs as much as I do. Aaron Rodgers had the highest QBR or QB point uh, for fantasy against the Raiders without Devontae Adams. If that isn't frustrating, then I don't know what is. Yeah, again, it's his name is literally carries the value. And like Lauren was saying, it's like you see these names, Aaron Rodgers, Rob Gonkowski. You, you go into it thinking, like, I got to steal. And then you realize that these guys aren't what they used to be. And, and maybe if Aaron Rodgers was in a different offense, maybe he would be a top-five quarterback. But yeah, it's the difference between real football and fantasy football. So mm-hmm. sometimes we can forget that as fantasy as just as fans, as just casual fantasy football players and, you know, per, as just who participate. Not that I'm a football player. Clearly I'm not. But we forget that there is a big difference. What works for an offense for real football to win games is not necessarily going to be the same thing for fantasy football, as frustrating as it is for us to see. Um, I do think Aaron Rodgers is still a Hall of Fame quarterback. That's not even a question. But whether or not he's going to be productive in fantasy is, I think, now clear. He's not. Um, unless this drastically changes and he gets traded to, I don't know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who knows? Maybe then he's going to be, you know, fantasy relevant. I don't know. But like you're saying, it's this, it's this offense. It's this scheme. Um, there is something interesting that we did not bring up anything about Green Bay has been wide receiver, too. Oh, well, you're, you're going to my sleeper here. Oh, okay. Never mind. Lauren, you're so psychic. You already beat me. It's that <laughs> ESPN I've got going up in here. <laughs> So do you guys know who was at Aaron Rodgers Thanksgiving dinner last year? Wait, oh, can you Lord repeat knows. that again? Do you Wait, know can you repeat at, that again? Do you know who was at Aaron Rodgers Thanksgiving dinner last year? Uh, was it Alan Lazard? That is correct. 
the lizard of Zelfhorn. I know you were definitely going there. The Lazard King. Bring it, baby. Bring <laughs> it. I love Alan Lazard. I was actually just looking up his red zone receptions compared to Devontae Adams, and they are quite low um, compared to Devontae Adams. But I think what's significant is that they're still there. Um, that is saying a lot for an Aaron Rodgers offense to have a wide receiver, too, that can have any kind of impact. Because we've already seen what Marquez Valdez, Gantling, Equinemius St. Brown, these names just kind of float along into fantasy irrelevance. But Alan Lazard has been like, nope, I got them you know, sticky gecko fingers. I'm staying right here. Pass me the ball. I'm very large. <laughs> That's right. The lizard man, uh, he's, he's basically, what I like about him is when Aaron Rodgers is talking him up as a great teammate and ascending player, and he's going to have his number called a lot this season, when you have the guy throwing you the ball saying that, you know he's going to get looks. And there could be a lot of games. Devontae Adams is going to be double covered in passing situations. So who's going to benefit? That's Alan Lazard. And he reminds me of a potential Juju Smith-Schuster versus Antonio mm-hmm. Brown. That is what he reminds me of. And you can get him off the waiver wire after your draft. I mean, I really see him in that role. Not that I'm saying it's going to be the exact same thing because it is difficult for Aaron Rodgers to sustain a wide receiver too consistently. But I think he is going to have games where he just scores massive amounts of points. I agree. And what the only thing that when I like, well, first, before I get to that, the the fact that they don't have a big presence at tight end either, I think is going to also help him in the passing game. There's not someone that is, he's competing with outside Devontae Adams necessarily besides Who the running backs. Tight end, I ask as a Jay think. Sternberger Sternberger. That's right. Wow. So I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to take away from him, but the one thing that does scare me, and I looked this up, in neutral games, their pass script percentage is very similar from before Matt LaFleur got there to when he was there. In 2018, their neutral game script pass script percentage was 64.5%, and last year it was 62%. So it's only about a 2.5% difference as far as their pass percentage when they're in a neutral game. But the big thing that changed with LaFleur being there is they were the ninth-ranked team in terms of wide receiver targets in 2018, Last year, they were the 21st ranked team in terms of wide receiver target percentage. So to me, that goes, again, along with the scheme for Matt LaFleur. He wants to throw to his running backs. Maybe, again, he's throwing to his number one receiver. But when you when you go from ninth to 21st in wide receiver target percentage and you have that same scheme going in next year, coming off a 13-3 and three season, I'm really scared of, of the amount of pass volume that he might get. And that's that's the only thing where I'm a little bit scared. I think if they're losing or I think in a neutral game, I think that he can benefit. But if, if they get any type of lead, you know what they're going to be doing. And and I'm not very confident that he can give you much. But as Lauren, as you said, he's basically undrafted at this point. So if he doesn't work out, you can just drop him and you don't have to pay a lot to get him. Yeah, I agree. And it's looking at the Green Bay Packers, um, their target breakdown. It's a part of the fantasy footballers in their ultimate draft kit here. Uh, the Green Bay Packers target their wide receivers 58% of the time, which is actually kind of high. And you're, they also target their running backs with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. I mean, we know that now at A.J. Dillon. Um, but they only target their tight ends 18%, which I think is very interesting. So like you're bringing up, I didn't even know who the tight end was for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> I would say is embarrassing, but it doesn't matter. No one's going to take Jay Sternberger, whatever, who cares? So that is, maybe I will despite you. What? (laughs) I said, maybe I'll take Jay Sternberger to spite you just because you said nobody would go right ahead. (laughs) (laughs) I'll send you a screenshot when I do. Please do. And then when he scores three touchdowns in a game, I will retweet whatever it is. you. (laughs) And then I'll, and then I'll say, no, he was on my bench. 
I know because he was really going to start him. Am I right though? Unless you play the Lions, then start your tight end. I don't care who it is. I thought it was the Cardinals that had really bad tight end defense. Yeah, two years ago it was the Lions. Then it was the Cardinals had terrible defense anyway. Just start everyone against the Cardinals. <laughs> That's true. Um, any any other thoughts on the Packers? Just you missed one sleeper in Jordan Love, David. <laughs> what? You know I love a backup quarterback. John, you make these bold calls when they're going to come in. When is Jordan Love coming in this season? Week week 12. <laughs> so for those that are just starting to listen to our podcast, John actually called Gardner Minshew getting the call into the lineup. What was it week? Were you, did you call the exact week too? Yeah, it was because it was a DFS play. I said he's going to be really cheap and he's going to he's going to come in. <laughs> So we. So uh, that's my. Th- I. I don't know. I'm kind of uh, hedging my bets too much. I. I'm now terrified of your ESPN. John. John's the backup QB whisperer. Yeah, between, he is. Between Mariota, very specific talent. Between Mariota, Jordan Love, and um, Nick Foles, I, I think I'm. I'm betting too much on backups right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think Nick Foles is in there more often than to. to too too busy risky. Too busy risky. <laughs> no, I, I think that's true. I, I think it I'm sure Mitch will get benched. And then it's just gonna be when Foles comes. He's gonna come back in, throw four touchdowns, and then the very next game we'll throw like eight interceptions and Nick Foles will come back in and it's gonna be like I'll just sit here with my popcorn and watch Khalil Mack hurt people. That's what I want to do and I watch the Bears. I'm just waiting for the BDN chance. That's all I that's all I want to hear. Oh my God! Who doesn't? Especially him, because he's like, "Listen, honey, they said it." (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was a great job breaking down every team. Let's move to our next segment, our question of the week. And John, who are we not sponsored by this week? We're not sponsored by ice cream. You know, it's good after a a tough fantasy loss. It's good after a, a fun fantasy celebration. Um, so we're not sponsored by haagen this week. Give us a call, haagen You picked haagen of all the ice creams? Who who would you go with, David? Ben and Jerry's, man. Yeah, come on, oh, man. Okay. Oh, I thought David would What's go that? Halo Top, the healthy option. I mean, we're talking about the best, not the healthiest. Dude, Ben and Jerry's could totally make an ice cream flavor out of triple play. It could be vanilla chocolate caramel. I mean, that's a triple. Or strawberry banana raspberry flavored. Come on, man. There's so many things you can ben do. And, ben and Jerry's <laughs> give us a call. There you go. Lauren's marketing us right now. This is you perfect. Got I got you. <laughs> so our question this week is, what is the best Super Bowl commercial of all time? Lauren, you're our guest, so we'll start with you first. So since I am a St. Louisan, I'm pretty sure people can guess what my favorite commercial is. I don't have one specific. It is any Super Bowl commercial that has my Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales. Give them to me all day long. I love to see them. I will rewatch them. I don't care how cheesy or gimmicky or dumb. I These rescuing dogs from wolves don't care. Give me my Clydesdales. I love horses. Love those Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales. And I, and I love my city. So those are my favorite. I can't believe that I, my answer was taken. I did not expect us to be doing repeats on this. I, one. I was just going to say any Budweiser commercial, any Bud Diesel, I need my fuel, any Bud Diesel commercial. I like so, it. See? How, how have they not sponsored us yet, John? Well, now that they had a single on, give him a call. The call <laughs> and be like, yo, your girl Lauren needs a sponsor. He and I are best friends. No, we're not. <laughs> well, I'm, we might shoot our shot anyway. 
I tried Tito's. They was like, hey, you know, they're like, well, we don't do sponsorships, but here's some free booze and a bandana. I would wow. take that. That's, that's a nice bandana. David, yeah. right to Tito's. It's my it's my face covering for when I'm, I go try to rob Walmart. I'm gonna put it in my notes right now so I don't forget. Yeah. Eric, tell us yours. Uh, so I think any Doritos commercial, but there's one in particular I was watching today. Uh, Eric, and if if you take my commercial, we're going to fight. Do not uh, do not take my commercial. Four of us come up with two so, commercials. So, <laughs> so, so a, a guy is dating this woman and walks in the house, and she like introduces him, and she's like, "Oh, hold on, I'm just gonna go to the kitchen." And he kind of like looks at her back, so I was like, "All right, what's up?" And talks to the kid, and he's like, "Oh, like let's play video games." takes a Dorito, the kid just slaps the sheet out of him and goes, stay away from my mom, stay away from my Doritos, drop it, and takes the Dorito out of his hand, champ move, love Doritos, sponsor us as well. That one, but that, it, that sounds incredibly entertaining. Okay, I'm going to give you guys. What was the one where, it, I think it was a couple years ago, where the guy, like, he is at his girlfriend's house, and she's making, like, spaghetti or something, and then the cat gets, like, spaghetti all over it, and it looks like he's trying to murder her cat. I'd have to look that up. And she, like, walks in. That sounds hilarious. I can't figure out which so one it is. It's so funny. Oh, my gosh. I need, I'll send it to you guys when I find it again, and I'll, I'll shoot it over. That one was good, too. But clearly, yes. not good marketing, because I don't remember the product. So, <laughs> there's that. So I was deciding between a couple. Doritos definitely had the most, I think, that I loved. Do you guys remember the puppy monkey baby for the Mountain Dew? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. That one was good. It was my second. My number one was Doritos. And did you guys ever see the Doritos ultrasound commercial? Yeah, where the baby yeah, so there, comes out. Yeah, so, yeah. The, so he has a Dorito, and the mom has the ultrasound hooked up, and the baby, you can see the baby. And like he moves the Dorito closer to the stomach, and the baby's like trying to grab it. And then he's like moving it around. The baby's like bouncing in, in the, her stomach. And she's like, stop doing that. And then she grabs the Dorito from his hand and throws it across the floor. And then they all look at each other. And then they see the baby just shoot out. And she goes, ah! <laughs> Wait, David, my question, did you search best Dorito Super Bowl commercials on YouTube recently? I did a little, re I did just best Super Bowl commercials at all. And then I was like, you know what? Doritos always makes me laugh. And then I did that, yeah. Wow. You did do that. <laughs> we so you and I had the same method for finding uh, a Super Bowl commercial. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave a comment next time. And be like, Eric, if you're reading this, I was here. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to find out what that commercial was for. Like, literally, the guy looks like he's just murdered her cat, covered in spaghetti sauce. It sounds like it's a really funny commercial. It was I'm very one of the best ones. It was in a year where the Super Bowl commercials were kind of lame, and I think that one was the funniest one, but I cannot remember what it was for now. Again, I'm an advert I have a Bachelor of Journalism in advertising and ma a major in advertising, advertising and major. Clearly, I do not have it in linguistics, but I love advertising, and I'm one of those dorks that loves to pay attention to commercials, so it really irks me I cannot remember what this was. <laughs> that company should have done a much better job getting it into my melon. Dang it. You're going to definitely have to send it to us. I'm really curious. Yeah, I, it was really funny. I have to remember what it is. I will send it to you all, though. All right, let, let's move. Those were some great choices. Let's move to our last segment, our game of the week. Eric, I'm scared because you're hosting it. So what oh, do we God. got? Is this torture Lauren moment? Because I'm ready. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared for you, David, because you haven't won a game in a while. Uh, so the name of this game is either, neither, or both. Ooh. I'm going to read a statement, and I'm going to give you two players. You have to tell me if both of these, or if one of the two players did it, and then name which one neither of them did, or both. Okay. I will automatically lose this game. Just saying, I am terrible at these. So we're, we're gonna yes. we're gonna begin with David and well, then wait. John. Lauren, I want to give you a, a vote of confidence. I lose almost every time, and we just had someone on our baseball show last week that said the same thing, and then they won, and I, I lost. I won't do that, but I'll try. I'll give it the old college try. <laughs> so we're gonna begin, David, then John, then Lauren, and then we're gonna rotate order. So. Okay. David, you are number one. The two players are Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Did they both have 10-plus touchdowns last year, either, neither, or both? Oh, I think you know what? I think Marvin Jones had one more touchdown than Kenny Galladay. I think it was like 10 and 9. So I'm going to say it was Marvin Jones. Okay. John. I think it's both. Okay. And Lauren. This is mean, but Kenny Galladay. Lauren is right. That's why she went last on the first one. Kenny Galladay had 11, and Marvin Jones had nine, almost half in one game. Oh, so I was like pretty much right. I just you were really it. right. That's why it was kind of mean because if you, it's surprising to think of how many Marvin Jones had, and then it's kind of surprising to think how many Kenny Galladay had. Then it's like, wait a minute, there were only like two touchdowns away from each other. So yeah, it was Kenny Galladay. It's one of the reasons I love him so much this year with Matt Stafford back. This one hurts, especially. All right. Recover from number, this. number two, John, you're beginning. The players are Peyton Manning and Trent Richardson, both having a run of 30 plus yards, either, neither, or both. I feel like this is a trick question because you don't expect it to be Peyton Manning and you expect it to be Trent Richardson, but maybe Trent Richardson didn't do it. I'm going to say. I'm going to say only Peyton Manning's done it. All right, Lauren. Um, uh, neither. Okay, and David. Can you, can you repeat the question? Uh, the players are Peyton Manning and Trent Richardson, and the stat is having a run of 30-plus yards. I, think, I don't think Trent Richardson – I'll say both. Uh, wow, David, it is both. Uh, so, so the caveat is Peyton Manning's career-long uh, for a rush is a 33-yard bootleg, and Trent Richardson's career-long is 32 yards. So a little bit of bar trivia right there. <laughs> I, I'm glad I know that now, though. All right. Question number three, and Lauren, we're beginning with you. The players are Tyreek Hill and Deshaun Jackson, and the stat Ooh. is having a 90-plus-yard touchdown catch. Deshaun Jackson. Either, or neither, or both. Deshaun Jackson. 90-plus uh, uh, yard, okay. yard touchdown catch, you say? Yes. 90-plus. Yes. All right, I'm going to stick with my first initial gut reaction. I'm going with Deshaun Jackson, although it could be both, but I'm just going to stick with Deshaun Jackson. All right, David? I'm going to say you're trying to throw a curveball, and it's going to be another both. Okay, and John. I'm going with both as well. So the answer is only Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson has a 91-yard touchdown catch. 
Tyreek Hill's career long is 79. I believe he has five or six 70-yard touchdown catches. And I made sure I specified that because Tyreek Hill has a few 90-yard punt return touchdowns. The only reason I know that about Deshaun Jackson is I wrote an article about him last year, and I do remember seeing his ridiculous numbers um, with his receptions have been nuts. So I know that he definitely had one that was over 90. But I got that right. I'm excited. Yay, go me. Go team. Okay, question question four. And David, this is, we're beginning with you. The players are Drew Brees and Jameis Winston, and the stat is having five or more touchdown passes in a game last year. I think it's Jameis Winston, not Drew Brees. Okay. John? I think both did it. Okay. And Lauren? Oh, this pains me to say this, how much I love Drew Brees, but does the game include overtime? Yes. Both. So the answer is only Drew Brees. Drew Brees had five. What? Drew Brees had five against the 49ers in week 14. Jameis Winston had three games with four passing touchdowns, but none with five. Oh, three games with four. What a stud Jameis Winston is. All right. He's such a tease. He would have just done one more. I would have been right. So the (laughs) next one, and John, we're beginning with you. The players are Lamar Jackson and Raheem Mostert. And the stat is having a 50 or 50 yard rush or more in 2019. I think it's both. Okay. Lauren. Uh, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to say both. I just, I hate that. I just said it, but I'm going to say, I, I'm going to say both. And David. Who's the one besides Raheem Mostert? Lamar Jackson. I think he had a 50-yard run against the Bengals, that beautiful spin move. And I think, I think most of- I had a 50-yard run against the Bengals. Does that count? <laughs> That's very true. I, I, uh, I'll just ride the wave and say both. All right. Well, you guys are ultra wrong because it's neither. Lamar, Jackson's long, Lamar Jackson's long was, thir- was 47 yards against oh, the Oh, you tease. And Raheem Mostert's long was 41 yards. You tease. I, I kind of so halfway, halfway through, Lauren is leading with two. David has one and a goose egg for John. The next one, and we're going to begin with John. The players are Dalvin Cook and Saquon Barkley, and the stat is having 50 or more catches last year. I'm going to say just Cook. Okay. David, or uh, Lauren? I'm going... Actually, wait, hold on. This should have been Lauren to begin with. Sorry. It's okay. How dare you? I quit. I'm out. (laughs) You're a bad Uh, host. I know. This one's a tough one. Um, Shoot. I'm going to go both. I'm going to go both here. David? I... That's, that seems silly. No, it doesn't seem silly. No, I'm going to go both. It's either Saquon Barkley or both. So I'm going to go with both because I haven't gotten both yet. So I'm doing it. I'm sticking with it. Both. David. You know what? I feel like Saquon didn't do it because of when he was hurt and missed so many games. That's what I was thinking too, but I don't know, man. I still think he did. Eric's going like, right right. to be like, Saquon Barkley had 51 catches. Uh, <laughs> Dalvin Cook, I'll say. All right. Well, the answer is both. Saquon Barkley had 52 catches. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and Alvin Cook had 53. That's so stupid. 
Which is interesting right. if you look at, you know, missed time on both players. That just kind of gets into your head how good they are in the passing game as well. Yeah, just that's, that's true. Remind you. All right, so the next one, Lauren, we're going to begin with you. The players are Julian Edelman and Christian McCaffrey, the white boys. And I'm the, sorry, can you say two hotter names in football? Go ahead. <laughs> and the name and the stat is having 150 plus targets in 2019. Either, neither, or both. Oh, jeez. Christian McCaffrey would be kind of tough to do. Did you say 150 targets? Yes. That's insane. James White only got 123 in 2018 with 94. 150 plus targets, I should say. 150 plus targets. Um, I'm going to guess because he had to do, you know, backup quarterbacks and, you know, people that are just he because he was the entire offense. I am going to go with Christian McCaffrey. All right, David. Well, I do know he had over 100 catches last year. So, I mean, he would just, I mean, he would just have to be targeted like 40 plus more times. So, I think definitely Christian McCaffrey and, and CMC to God is always the right answer. So, CMC and no, I don't think Edelman did. So, I'm just going to, no, no, you know what? That's just like you to do another both. It's both. All right. And John. I was worried about that too. I don't know him Neither. well enough. You do. Neither did it. All right. Well, the answer was only Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman <laughs> was fourth with 153 targets, and Christian McCaffrey had 142. I'm terrible at this game. You're not right. terrible. These are tricky. Do not let him get into your head, John. So, so question yeah. eight. <laughs> question eight. David, you're beginning. The players are. I'm sorry. Baker his name Mayfield. is David. The players are Baker Mayfield and Andy Dalton, and the stat is throwing 534 pass attempts last season. I think the stat was throwing up because that's oh, that, it's pretty Andy similar. Dalton. You know, yeah. go ahead, continue. My bad. Repeat. And this is Ignatius, not David. Get it right. Oh, Ignatius. Yes, right. <laughs> so 534 pass attempts did, and the players are Baker Mayfield and Andy Dalton. Okay, well, I think they ran the ball a lot last year. The Browns did. But he did try to throw it a lot to OBJ. But Dalton did get benched. And now I'm just overthinking this. Dalton, I don't think, got there just because he missed too many games. I'll say just Baker. All right, John? I'm going to say just Baker. All right, and Lauren? Um, I'm going to hop on this train. What was the number again? 534. I don't even trust Baker Junkfield to get that done. I'm going neither. All right. Well, the answer was just Baker. Oh, Baker threw 534. Andy Dalton had 528. <laughs> I thought David was going to think both. So the original one I was going to have was Jimmy Garoppolo, who also threw 534 attempts. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because I got All right. right. Number nine, and John, we're beginning with you. The players are Josh and Kyle Allen. And the stat is having a weekly top five QB finished in 2019. Either, neither, or both. Uh, I think both did it. I think think Josh got some some running points, and Kyle Allen probably just had a flash-in-the-pan game. I'll say both. Okay. And Lauren? So we're saying if they had any top five weeks. Any top five weeks. Oh, yeah, both. 
Okay. And David. You know what, Eric? This is too basic an answer for you. Everybody, it's just, it seems like such a both answer. But I feel like Josh Allen was like number six. No, I feel like Kyle Allen was number six and Josh Allen was number five. And this is where he's going to be like, oh, sorry. Only he only got there because he was like, he's going to be like five and a half. He's someone going to yeah. pull that number out. There's a ranking. I don't even know. You'll be like, it's I, impossible. I don't but... understand why this game is giving people anxiety. Dang. <laughs> but I'm sick so, of it. so, David, what's your answer? I'm going, it's just Kyle Allen. Uh, the answer is both. Kyle yes. Allen had Kyle Allen was QB five when they played the Cardinals. Josh Allen had I think three QB six finishes, but he had one week where he was QB one, I believe, in week thirteen. That's, that's what I thought you were going to do. That he was going to. Yes, I remember. I remember that QB one finish for Josh Allen. I also remember a top five finish for Kyle Allen because I got into an argument with my neighbor, who's also in my league, who doesn't know the people that are actually in the NFL but claims he's an NFL expert. So I very clearly remember that week where he finished very well. <laughs> All right. And then you know, the last Lauren, one. Before you get to the last one, Lauren, you played that well because if you had been so definite about your answer, I would have 100% played off of that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's good tactics right there. I wasn't trying to throw you off, but maybe I was. <laughs> so the last question, and we're beginning with Lauren, the players are Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton, and the stat is having a weekly top five wide receiver finish in 2019? Um, I'm going to go, uh, er, 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 this is tough. Um, I'm going to go Cortland Sutton here, just because I know what Drew Locke was capable of doing coming in the last uh, five weeks of play, and also that Philip Rivers broke my heart many a times. Uh, I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton here. I should go with both, but I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton. David. Can I bet all my points to come back? No. That's a desperation attempt once again. <laughs> Love it. All in. Uh, yeah, I'm going all or nothing. I'm going to say I can't say the same answer as Lauren if I want to even have it. I don't realistically even have a chance, but I'll say both. Okay. And John. I think it would be fitting to end on a neither. I think neither of them did it. Uh, I like John, how you guys good, are trying to dissect end. how he's it's going a, to get the it's, answer. It's neither. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh Cortland Sutton, his best finish was wide receiver six. And I think Mike Williams only had one top 10 week. I was so, one away for Cortland Sutton. I get at least like a half a point for that one. Recognize well, Cortland you, you Sutton don't, you don't get half a point, but you win the game with a, a smooth four. I'll take it. Uh, it's failing, but but you win. That's what happens every week. Every time John comes on, John, they always say they're John, not good in the games. The, <laughs> I John with the momentum train. Gets the last three right to come in second place. If we were doing 15, I'd get the last eight right. <laughs> you guys just actually listen. This is what I've learned about this game, playing it once. You guys actually didn't listen to the questions as much as you looked at a pattern of what he would have as an answer. That, I don't know if that counts. You're literally dissecting the mind of your friend as opposed to doing trivia. Yeah, that that's the whole reason I did this, because I knew David would try to get of how I think. So just like playing mind games with my brother. Who's in last? Once again. <laughs> Yay! David's in last. Cha 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 cha. David <laughs> didn't win again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When I win a game a game again, all of Twitter will know about it. That's Guys, sure. what will happen will first? The coronavirus you. ends or David wins a game. <laughs> oh my god. I've Hopefully coronavirus ends first. <laughs> <laughs>
I, I would love if it did. Don't worry, Ignatius. You will come back and crush this game. I'll see that vote of confidence really does a lot for me. I feel like I'm fired up when we do the next game. Harness your inner stepmom, Lauren. Think one step ahead of this wannabe over there trying to get into your mind. See, I told John, don't let him get into your head. So he was like, you're right. He's getting into my head. And look, he came back and he won the last three games like a champ. You can do it next time. Wow, three-game winning streak. That does, like, can we do another one, Eric? Like, I'm pumped up now. Let's go. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll save this game, this scriptive game, and we can do it in a future week to let you redeem yourself. I'm in. There, yeah, Lauren has to come back for that future one. I'll do it. This I'll do it. Awesome. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for your time. This was a real blast having you on. Thank you so much for having me. Your your listeners are probably like, who? what the hell is this Ignatius thing going on? Explain it to them later. But thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I had a ton of fun. Thank you guys. No, of course. And if you want to see more of Lauren, she's everywhere on Twitter. She does a lot of great stuff. She You can find her stuff at the FF Ballers, Fantasy Pros. She's got her site, stepmomlauren.com. Check out her Twitter at stepmomlauren. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much again. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys. No problem at all. Awesome.